Our episodes contain graphic information that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Would you like some murder with your coffee? Welcome to Morning Murders. I'm Nicole. I'm Amanda. And I'm Brenna. We're just a few ladies that like to drink coffee and talk about some murder. Or true crime, but today is murder. In fact, murder. In fact, um, I have two stories for you ladies today. And the first one is, do you know who Samuel Little is? No thoughts, anybody? Really? Okay. Well, so first of all, I want to give you a little little backstory into how I found these two. One I already knew about, but um, so I was I've been binge watching the Vampire Diaries. No shame. Um, and in one of the seasons, there's one of the characters' body gets taken over by the va- a vampire who's a serial killer of 1880, and it's like there's a bunch of murders in Memphis, and they don't know who the serial killer was. He was never found. There's like a trail of bodies, and I was like, I wonder if something like that really happened. So I did some Googling research, and though I didn't find an 1880s serial killer, definitely found one that has a pretty high uh, body count, and that would be Samuel Little. Um, He's like the 1980s serial killer. Um, He also had a terrible, terrible, terrible um, nickname. The nickname that he was known for was the the Choke and Stroke Killer. That's him. And he has uh, confirmed 60 murders, but has possibly up to 93 or more. Oh. What? Yeah. So let's. uh, What is this guy? Samuel Little. Let's talk a little about (laughs) Little. So he was born on June 7th, 1940. And he actually died last year in December, December 30th. Um, So he was convicted in 2012 for the murder of three women in California. Uh, Those murders were said to take place between 1987 and 1989. And then in 2018, he was linked to a murder of a woman in Texas that was said to take place in 1994. Uh, once he was convicted, though, he confessed to killing about 93 women. Uh, investigators went down the rabbit hole and were actually able to officially connect him to 60. But there are a lot that are still like cold cases and unknowns. Um, but the FBI said that this is the largest officially confirmed list of murderers in the United States. Because there's all those killers that have said, I've killed this many people, but the bodies are still missing. Right. So they can't confirm it. But this, so far, supposedly, is the highest number counted, at least from what I found. Um, so uh, it was claimed to be over 19 states from 1970 to about 2005, but possibly up to 2012 if the other 33 murders get confirmed. Um, despite all that information, though, he actually only received four life sentences without the possibility of parole because everything was confessed after he had already been convicted of the, oh, okay. the four murders. But, but can't he still be tried for those murders they once did he not do that. to them? Can't they be like, oh, cool, thanks. And also, there's sometimes there's, oh, like, guess, there's, oh, there's like, like a deal, right? Yeah. yeah, where it's like, well, if you'll just tell us because they'd rather get what closure for the families. You know. Right, or just find find the bodies find the bodies some of the bodies do get found but so just to backtrack a little bit more he was born in georgia in 1940 um it was said that his mother was a prostitute and soon after he was born the family moved to ohio where he was mostly raised by his grandmother um as he grew up he had trouble in school problems with like discipline achievement you know all that fun stuff 
1956, he was convicted of breaking and entering on a property in Nebraska. And so he was held in a juvenile offenders institution for a little while. Um, Later in his 20s, he moved to Florida to be with his mother. Uh, He worked as a cemetery worker. And according to him, he was also an ambulance attendant. But that's just something that he said. I don't think he actually showed documentation that he did do that. Um, His troubled past didn't stop there. He was still having multiple run-ins with the laws. The laws. With the laws. Many of oh, them. Many of Every them. All single of the laws. Of them. Just, you know what? This sounds like a bad dude. Bad guy in the laws. Um, what you guys think, but. Uh, in 1961, he got three years in prison for breaking and entering in a furniture store. Um, by 1975, Little was arrested 26 times over 11 states for drinking and driving, shoplifting, fraud, armed robbery, solicitation, aggravated assault, attacks against government officials, and even rape. During his time in prison, he did a lot of stuff. During his time in prison, he took up boxing, and he claims himself to be a prize fighter. Uh, In nineteen, they allow them to box in prison. Yeah, Yeah, it's like one of the work because there's like like a lot of the prisons have like workout yards. It's like with a punching bag and not a human being. Well, in uh, the TV show Riverdale, they have a whole underground like prison boxing ring, so maybe that's a thing. I don't know. In in uh yeah, that happens. They do boxing stuff, I think. They, yeah. I know in um the video game A Way Out, which is real fun co-op, <laughs> couch co-op game because you can play with another person. Um they box, they fight and box, and then they they bet on it and stuff. Yeah. But that was also that took prison? place in like I don't know. I think this took place in like the 30s or 40s. Oh no, it was like the 60s, I think. Yeah, cuz this is the 70s. Well, the video game I played tells me a lot, so... It's all based in truth, right? That's yeah, what they say. Absolutely. It was a way out on oh. PlayStation 4. Right. Way out. <laughs> uh, Not a sponsor. <laughs> Not a sponsor. Um, okay, so in 1982, his crimes progressed to murder. Uh, he was arrested in Mississippi for the murder of 22-year-old Melissa Rose LaPree. She had gone missing in September of that year. The grand jury, however, did not find him guilty for her murder. There wasn't sufficient evidence. So, but while under investigation for that, Little was transferred to Florida, where he was put on trial for the murder of 26-year-old Patricia Ann Mount. Her body had been found in September, which is around the same time Melissa went missing. Just to put that out there. Uh, Witnesses who came forward claiming they saw Little with Patricia, um, at where at the time they you know were able to go to court and talk but later on they were mistrusted witnesses so actually little got acquitted in january of 1984 so it didn't matter because there's no like actual evidence it was just eyewitness testimony Hmm. so after all of that little decided to take his chances to the other coast and he made his way to california uh he found himself in an area nearby san diego so san diego area And in October 1984, he was arrested for kidnapping, beating, and strangling of Lori Barrows. Now, this 22-year-old girl fought for her life, and she survived. So she survived this dreadful encounter with Little. And then a month later, one month later, he uh, was found with an unconscious woman in the backseat of his car. Like, he was in the backseat with this woman in his car. Um, She had been beaten and strangled. Um, and it was actually the same area where they had found him or found where Lori's Lori had been beaten and strangled. Same area. <laughs> Month later, this other woman unconscious. Oh um, so he was arrested and served two years in prison creature for both of those of crimes. Creature of habit, I guess. Yeah, creature of habit. Yeah. He's like, well, I didn't get caught the first time. I'll go back there and do the same thing. Why return to the scene of crime? It's wow. so weird. 
you know it's different different time then yeah <laughs> yeah their brains work differently okay? i guess i mean you could even if you get away with something you just kind of repeat the habit i guess um yeah so when he was finally released uh, after that two years so in october 1987 he moved to los angeles to start a new life where he committed more than 10 additional murders <laughs> he was caught again on september 5th 2012 he was not caught until 2012. Well, listen, been- you can take the murderer out of the, <laughs> the murder place, but you can't take the murder out of the murderer. Yeah. Yep. Sure. You can take the right. Take so the profound. Take the, <laughs> you can take the murder. Thinker. The murder. Creature <laughs> habit. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so he had been at a homeless shelter in Kentucky, and he was extradited to California to face narcotics charges. But authorities used the DNA from that charge to test against evidence that was found at other crime scenes that he had been suspected of. So he was tried for three murders of three different women in L.A. There was uh, Carol Elford on July, sorry, July 18th, 1987. Uh, Guadalupe uh, Apodeca on September 3rd, 1987. Audrey Everett on August 14th, 1989. Apologies if I butchered any of those names. Okay, so Little was charged on January 7th, 2013. And just a few months later, he was under investigation for three dozen murders for the 1980s. Oh my God. Yep. After all of this, um, after all this came to light, the Mississippi case of Melinda Rose LaPree was reopened so that case got reopened because it made so much sense that he was also the guilty of that um on september 25th 2014 he was sentenced to life imprisonment without the possibility of parole and initially little claimed he was innocent that he had nothing to do with any of these murders however about four years later sitting in prison he decided to confess so on november 9th 2018 little confessed to the murders of melissa thompson and it just started spiraling after that. Um, by November 13th, he had confessed to dozens of murders, possibly committing over 90 murders across 14 states from 1970 to 2005. What? And then, yeah. Who has the time? Who has the time? Stuart Little. <laughs> what the fuck? Chicken little. little mouse. Just Stuart Little. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I, now I get what that movie's about. Okay. <laughs> Makes so much sense. Weird mouse movie, but that's why that mouse was up for adoption. That's it. His father is Stephen Little. Wait, Samuel. Samuel Little, (laughs) who's Stephen Little, who's grand, who his father. So his grandfather, this poor mouse, was (laughs) Samuel Little, and so he was trying to. What this man murdered so many people. Yes, he did. So by November twenty seventh, so he had done started the confessions November thirteenth. But by November twenty seventh, the FBI confirmed thirty four of Little's confessions. Um, There were Jane Doe's that were brought to light because of his confessions. You know, skeletons that had just been found with jewelry on them that had not been claimed by anybody were finally starting to come to light that they were possibly his victims. He'd actually drawn portraits of a lot of them. (laughs) I I found a picture, so I'll share it with all of you. Um, But he would he'd paint portraits of his victims Um, and they were released to the FBI to help figure out who a lot of the victims were. Um, and at least one of them has actually been used to solve a cold case in Akron, Ohio. Oh, good. Cool. Mm hmm. 
Um, so before his death, uh, it was in November 2020, Little confessed to two murders in Florida that another man had actually been found guilty of. Oh, my oh. God. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, no, no, it was me. Just kidding. That guy's fine. Let him go. The wrongfully convicted. Please release that man. Poor dude. Yeah. Um, he had a long-term girlfriend named Jean, and she had supported both of them by shoplifting. She passed away before he did, though. Um, he spent his days uh, in a wheelchair when he got older. He had diabetes and a heart condition while he was in prison, and he died on December 30th, 2020. There was no final determination of his death. They're just like, he had a lot of problems. <laughs> Dead. Like, Suck. they don't, there's no, like, official but he didn't kill himself. Sucks no. to suck. <laughs> yeah. Um, I tried to find like a list of all the victims. I can only find partial lists and then lists of who who could possibly be his victims. So I have I've saved all of that. So we'll put that up on our social media so you can mm-hmm. see the list of the victims. Um, that was like a crazy little random rabbit hole I went down. And to be honest, I actually thought a different person was going to pop up when I started Googling this like 1880s vampire serial killer. Um, and who I thought was going to pop up was uh, this next guy. So grab a shot of espresso, ladies, because okay, this is know. Richard Chase. Do you know who that is? Richard. Oh, take a sip. Mm. Copy. Oh, wait. Richard Chase. This one I feel like I need a few more sips and I'm going to remember it. When did it <laughs> When did it happen? Uh, this is uh, his murder started taking place in the 70s or 80s. Hold on. Okay, then I don't All know. All the good ones were in the 80s. All the good ones are like 70s. It's the late 70s is when his started. Okay. 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 Yeah, I don't know then. I was like, because like, I'm trying to be like, vampires. Like Vampires. <laughs> like, you got that right. So just to, to bring it back to the Vampire Diaries, I don't know if you ladies watch, but if any of our listeners watch, if you Google uh, Damien Salvatore, you'll see, in my opinion, a very attractive vampire. And Richard Chase looks nothing like this. <laughs> <laughs> Like the complete opposite. Hold on. Damien, <laughs> Damien Salvatore. Salvatore. <laughs> what happens? I want you to explain this. This. I mean, I me. think he's cute. Hold on. Uh, Richard Chase does not look like this. <laughs> mm. Well, you know, you have to take some artistic liberties. Damien. Oh. Oh, from Vampire Diaries. From Vampire Diaries. Oh yeah. No, I mean, you know. Yeah. Okay. Well, Richard Chase looks the opposite of that. So that <laughs> okay, and wait. the opposite. Okay. Wait. So now. <laughs> I need okay so like, you know, generic hot white boy with a smirky smile you know, super a pale vampire wb you know. and then what's this guy's name <laughs> richard, double, 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 richard chase not richard cheese <laughs> different person <No>. holy <laughs> mother of ugly hey ho huh, huh, i'm gonna beat photos. you with an ugly stick <laughs> this is a long bean pole of an ugly person uh, all right Okay. I will, um, there's some reasons why. Oh. So we're going to get into the right. reasons yeah, I got, why. Yeah, I'm going to put it away before I start. Yeah, don't look <laughs> at anything. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Oh, no. So for this story, we're actually going to stay in California where we stayed with Samuel Little. Um, but we're going to venture over to Sacramento. So this Richard Chase is also known as the Vampire of Sacramento. <laughs> and fair warning, this does have elements of harm to animals and some very graphic uh, details with mutilation of humans. But I will say something right before it happens so that you're fair warned. Um, I won't go into too much about the animals because it's not necessary, but I'll let you know that something happened. But I won't go into details. Thank you for the warning. Yes, yeah. you're very welcome. Because <laughs> even when I was like rego, because I knew who he was. I watched a documentary on him. And when I was going back through everything, I knew how awful it was, but I didn't remember all the details because I blocked them from my brain. Mm. Mm, trauma. So let's, there's a lot. So let's start to unravel our Richard Chase. So he was born in Santa Clara County 
on May 23rd, 1950. He grew up in an abusive and strict home where he was often beaten by his father. Uh, he became an alcoholic, a fire starter, an animal mutilator as a teenager, um, who's naturally really popular with the ladies. Uh, however, <laughs> he never really was able to hold on to a steady relationship, and part of that was because he was never able to achieve or maintain an erection, and the fact that he had an inability to become aroused um, in the presence of females in general. Um, Chase did speak to a psychiatrist about this issue, um, the arousal part, not the like mutilating animals. He just skipped that part. Right. Uh, that that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. I don't even worry about that. Yeah, no, but can like, we talk about my penis, please? Yes, talk yeah. about the penis. <laughs> um, so he was told that it was either to repressed rage or possible mental illness. He didn't go back to that psychiatrist after that. He didn't want to hear it. Uh, later on, it would be known that the only way, this is interesting, uh, that Chase could achieve arousal would be by... Maybe take a sip of coffee or maybe just hold your breath for a second. Uh, he would achieve arousal or and orgasm through violent or disturbing acts like killing animals or necrophilia. So there's that fun fact. Uh, uh, so as an adult, while living with his mother, he accused her of trying to murder him. His father eventually brought Chase, bought Chase a, an apartment, which is just kind of by their house, um, and he was forced to move out of the main house. Uh, there, Chase really dove into his uh, fascination with capturing and killing and disemboweling, you know, various animals, um, which he would eat raw. Not my personal favorite raw diet, but uh, that's what he enjoyed. He would even put pieces into a blender and make smoothies. Do you think that, like, affected him? Because can't you, I mean, you know, like mad cow disease. Oh, well, let me tell you. More things happen. (laughs) So Chase believed that by doing this, by drinking the pieces, drinking them, he was preventing his heart from shrinking. I think maybe he had a weird time watching the Grinch. (laughs) So Wait, what? Sorry, I... I'm Jewish and don't understand. So the Grinch, his his heart is so small, but it grow it grows three sizes when he becomes a good person. Yeah, oh, and I okay, feel like okay. maybe he got that his wires crossed, but uh, yeah. he was afraid that his heart would shrink so much that it would disappear and he would die unless he drank this blood. All right. Well, yeah. Okay. So okay, mental illness. Okay. Yes. <laughs> a difference in what reality is base level. All right. Yes. So, in 1975, Richard Chase was forced to go to a mental mental institution after he was hospitalized for blood poisoning because that's what happens when you drink blood. Yeah. Um he had injected rabbit's blood into his vein. <laughs> and I make jokes about putting coffee straight into the vein, but I would never do that. I'm terrified of needles. Um but he did with rabbit's, rabbit's did- blood. Super lucky. <laughs> Super lucky. It's the only thing you could catch that day. Did you guys have a uh, vampire kids in your high school? Oh yeah, that would that would say that like like kids would be like, I actually have to drink blood to survive. Like they believed that they were vampires. Yes, and they had like trench coats and stuff. I did yeah. have that. Um, there was a kid that did that in my high school and 100% got sick, came back and was like, Yeah, when you drink blood, it creates a rock in your stomach. <sighs> I wish someone would have told Richard this, because it gets worse. (laughs) Like, Richard, it doesn't do good. That's why vampires don't exist. There are people that need blood in them, but they don't make the right things for it. But, you know, they don't drink it. (laughs) Drink the blood. It's not how it works. It goes in your stomach. That doesn't make any sense. You big big goof. Yeah. So he escaped from that institution. Mm. Yep. And then he went to his mom's. And uh, then he he was caught again and was put into an institution for the criminally insane. Uh, while he was there, uh, he would he started to or the staff started to refer to him as Dracula, 
um, because he would tell them how much he loved killing bunnies. And he, they even found him once with like blood smeared on his face because he had caught two birds and ate them. Well, <laughs> drink their blood. <laughs> so he so was like Ozzy Osbourne is nothing compared to this guy. Pretty much. Bats? Forget that. Bats, forget it. <laughs> Can you just imagine like the normalcy of them being like, stop. Could could you stop? Like he's got like blood. Damn it, he caught birds again. Like it's <laughs> like Sam. I mean Dracula or whatever. Whatever you want us to fucking call you. Will you just let the fucking birds go? <laughs> I don't call him Renfield because he's the one who ate all the rodents. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Uh, so um, they treated him with v- in a various amount of ways, and they used a lot of um psychotropic drugs i said that right psychotropic and after that chase was deemed no longer a danger to society what uh-huh and he was released to his parents in 1976 wow oh. yep. 70s baby they i could know fix anything back then and he was prescribed with anti-schizophrenic medication so they gave him that and then his mom was like you don't need this and no him off of them no oh, yeah no good old mama oh, dearest no. And lo and behold, his behavior got worse. So Chase what? was put back Science. into that apartment. Science, I know. Yeah, he was put back guy. into that apartment that was paid for by his parents where he was left all alone again. Oh. Uh, now he started capturing and torturing and drinking the blood of more animals like dogs and cats, the neighborhood pets. Um, not just the little tiny rodents anymore. He's up in his game. Right. I know. He even went to one of his neighbors and told them what he did. Like, I drink the blood of your pet. Um, help this man i can't even imagine like how that phone call went like hi so i know fluffy's missing but i want you to know what kind of gift basket do you bring when you have (laughs) sucked the blood of their animal here's the collar did you want did you want the smoothie i'm I'm pretty sure harry and david has like a category for that on there when you're looking at gift gift baskets oh that's nice like Mm. a catalog yeah gotta have something for everyone right for the situation yeah yeah it's it's just apologies (laughs) different types of apologies so sorry i drank the blood of your dog it's next to i ran over your cat on accident oh yeah Yeah. that makes sense Mm. pulling out of the driveway oh good good uh around this time he also started getting into firearms so up in his game on killing bigger animals and now he has firearms he's he also bought guns he bought a few guns which he would practice uh using consistently so he's getting real good at them one of his heroes was the hillside strangler or i guess it's not it's like technically hillside stranglers because it's in it two of them now they found it was to more than one person oh. i don't think chase really knew that at the time but we'll uh tap that maybe yeah, for another story uh but chase believed that the hillside strangler was a victim of the nazi ufo conspiracy Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. So there's like a natural, like a really easy to track, like essentially paper trail of all of his behavior. Absolutely. That were completely ignored. And that was, yeah, that he was literally in the places that would help him and they gave him help and then it got taken away. Ugh. Yep. And it gets so much worse. Oh, my God. <laughs> so tragic. So he began to greatly decline in health. He stopped taking care of himself. He wasn't eating anything except basically the blood of animals. Mm. Um, he's 5'11". He got down to about 145 pounds, very sickly looking. Um, and then supposedly there were a couple incidents in like 1977. One of them involved his mom. So she went to his apartment and Richard answered the door by shoving a dead cat in her face. And this is a little graphic. So he then threw it on the ground and ate it. He smeared the blood on his face. Um, the article goes into a lot more of the grisly details of what he did to this Poor cat, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say it because I don't have to. Um, but apparently, his mom just kind of stayed calm. 
and then like slowly just left and went back to the house she didn't report it she did nothing oh Mm-hmm. nothing nope. nothing she's just like that you know that very cartoon let me just smile and slowly backtrack and close the <laughs> well, door and leave That's... well this didn't happen well, this yeah. was weird I'm just that under the rug. what's wrong with my son hmm. uh then in august of the same year in nevada his car was found stuck near pyramid lake um inside there was a pile of clothes two rifles a bucket of blood and a cow liver uh chase was discovered naked and screaming in the sand his he was covered in blood um, when he was asked about it, he told the officers that his blood had leaked out of his body through his flesh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, things started to progress even more. Go on. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then in uh, December, I believe it was December 27th, uh, he brought a gun into a woman's home in Sacramento. Uh, nothing happened. They found a slug on the floor, but no one was actually hurt. Um, there's just a record of him like coming into some woman's home with a gun. And then on the 29th, um, however, Chase did kill his first victim. So it was a drive-by shooting. The victim was 51-year-old Ambrose Griffin. He was a father of two, an engineer. He was literally just helping his wife with groceries outside of their home, helping with groceries. And Richard Chase had driven by and shot him. A ballistic test did reveal that it was the same gun fired in the woman's house two days prior. It was the same same gun. But at the time, they didn't know it was Richard Chase. They just could link the weapon because mm. it was the same ballistic testing. Um, July 11th, 1978, Chase asked a neighbor for a cigarette, but then aggressively restrained her and forced her to give him the entire pack. Two weeks later, things started to really escalate. He attempted to enter another woman's home, but the door was locked, so he left. This is important. So he later told the police that he took locked doors as a sign that he wasn't welcome. It was kind of like your whole invite a vampire in thing. Mm. So if your door was unlocked, he would come inside. Wow. If it was locked, he'd leave and think, oh, not this house. It's very So lock your doors. Please just lock your doors. Well, there was a thriller movie or something like that, right? That they were like, why are you killing us? And then like, because you're home. Like the strangers or something. Oh, I think so. That was like their whole reasoning. They're like, why are you doing this? I don't even know who you are. And like, why did you do this? They're like, because you were home. Yeah. Like they could get inside and they were just decided some some people are just bad monsters. Yeah. That's literally what, what his whole thing was. If your door was unlocked, he would go inside. Wow. And if it, what, if it was unlocked, he's like, hey, I can come in. It's my invitation. Wow. So um, that's what happened when it came to a young married couple. Um, they actually weren't home at the time. Uh, when he entered, he began to, like, stole their belongings. Um, the married couple had a young son, and he went into the son's room, urinated in the drawers, the and fuck? defecated in his bed. The couple returned home while he was still inside their house. The husband tried to attack him, but Chase was able to get away. And they just came to this home that had been destroyed, peed on, and pooped on. Great. Mm, thanks for the DNA, buddy. Yeah, right. Well, well, no, it was you. Uh, so he continued around the same area. He was checking doors, and then he finally came upon... David and Teresa Wallen's home. Okay, so he uh, he entered the home while Teresa was taking out the trash. Uh, when she came back inside, he shot her three times with the same gun that he shot Ambrose Griffin, just like instantly. Um, it was one in the hand because she tried to defend herself, and then there were two in the head. She was also three months pregnant. Mm. Um, and then, so this is where it gets graphic. So graphic warning, graphic, graphic warning. Uh, the details are awful. So <clears throat> he dragged her dead body into the bedroom where he raped her post-mortem while stabbing her with a butcher's knife. Um, it gets worse. 
When he was done, he carved the corpse open, removed several organs, using a bucket to collect the blood, and then taking it into the bathroom and bathing in it. Uh, He then sliced off her nipples and drank her blood. He used an empty yogurt container, like a glass, to drink it with. And then before he left, he went into the backyard and found dog feces and put it in her mouth and throat. Now, David was at work while all this happened, so he had no idea until he came home from work. And then two days after this event, uh, Richard purchased puppies from a neighbor, killed them, drank their blood, and left the body on the neighbor's lawn. Then, the last part before he actually gets caught, this is all just escalates on january 27th is the final murder and it's actually considered a mass murder and this is a rough one it gets even worse so richard chase entered the home of 38 year old um evelyn maroth she was babysitting her 22 month old nephew david and also in the home was her six-year-old son jason and their neighbor dan meredith dan had come over to check on um, evelyn and she left him alone with the kids while she went to go take a bath so Dan was in the front hallway of the home, um, and he was instantly shot by Chase. That's where Chase came in at. So he, like, entered the door, saw Dan, and instantly shot him. It was a point-blank range. And again, this is the same gun that he's been using at all of these shootings. Um, Chase then stole Dan's wallet. He put it in his pocket, and then Dan's car keys. Jason, after hearing what's going on, ran into his mom's bedroom, um, where Chase shot him twice in the head. Again, point-blank range. But on his way, like, going after Jason, he stopped and shot the 22-month-old David in the head. Mm-hmm. Um, Chase went into the bathroom um, where Evelyn was, shot her once in the head. And if you thought the other bathroom scene was graphic, this one's even worse. Um, he So another graphic, graphic warning. He dragged her into the bedroom and simultaneously sodomized her corpse and drank her blood. He cut slices in the back of her neck. And um, when he, so that's how he could drink her blood at the same time. And then when he was done, he stabbed her at least half a dozen times and it went through the back into her uterus, like deep stabs. Um, And he stabbed vital points of her um, body so that blood would pool into her abdomen. And then he would drain that into a bucket and then consumed all of her blood, all the blood he could. He took David's body into the bathroom, the little baby, and proceeded to split the skull open and ate some of the brain matter. Hmm. Then a little girl who was supposed to have a play date with Jason came and knocked on the front door. It startled Chase and he fled. He used the keys he stole from Dan and drove off in his car. The little girl saw all of this and told a neighbor. The neighbor broke into the home to find the massacre. He called the police. Uh, they contacted the police right away. And when they arrived um, to investigate, they found perfect handprints and perfect shoe prints in Evelyn's blood that they could directly link to Chase when, when the time came. Um, Chase had managed to take David's body with him when he fled. Um, this is also very graphic. Uh, he chopped off his penis and used it as a straw to suck the blood out of his body. Yeah, he then took the internal organs and made a smoothie, and then he disposed of the body at a nearby church. At a church, no less. Mm-hmm. Huh. So then after uh, Teresa Wallen's murder took place, the FBI was brought in to investigate. So it was um, Russ Vorpagel, Vorpagel, 
Ooh. And Robert Ressler. So I'm a big fan of Robert Ressler. So they compiled the profile of the killer. So Robert Ressler, along with John Douglas, played major roles in creating the FBI or profiling, um, like how that whole thing works. So they're super cool people. Mm. Um, so they determined that he would be tall, malnourished, a loner, unclean in his physical appearance, and that he would not stop killing until he was actually stopped. So then five days after the mass murder and after the FBI profile was announced, this woman, Nancy Holden, contacted the police. She told them she believed Richard Chase was the killer. So to rewind a bit, in January of 1978, when all this was happening, um, he encountered Nancy while uh, he had been wandering around, wandering around. He tried to get a ride from her, but his appearance frightened her so much that even though they were former high school students together, she knew who he was. She trusted her gut and did not let him in her car. The police ran a background check on Richard Chase and found out that he did in fact own the type of gun that had been used in each of the murders. They went to his apartment to ask to speak to him. Chase said no and closed the door. So the police just kind of decided to wait. They kind of hid down the hallway and just sort of waited for him to come out. So when he finally left his apartment, he was literally holding a bloodstained box and wearing bloodstained parka with bloodstained shoes. Um, the police arrested him, and inside his apartment was just blood. Blood on the walls, blood-stained uh, 22 that he had used to commit the murders, which he claimed was, no, it's because I was killing dogs. When the police did a search. <laughs> just any better. Just dogs. I was just killing dogs. Oh, right. All right. Go on back to what you're doing, sir. <laughs> sorry, about, sorry about that. You have a good afternoon. You enjoy your time. Um uh, so when the police did a search of Chase's, Chase himself, like his person, they found Dan's wallet on him because it was in his pocket. So when the FBI and other detectives did an official search of Richard Chase's apartment, they found everything from the ceiling to the fridge to the utensils all soaked in blood. The blender he used for smoothies. There were body parts wrapped in aluminum foil in the fridge. Uh, David, the, the little one's brain, was in Tupperware, a Tupperware container. There were several pet collars on other countertops. And the kitchen table, he had spread out diagrams of human biology. Um, so now the trial. So Chase's trial was in 1979. It was for six accounts of murder. The defense needed to prove that his actions were a result of mental illness and that the murders were not premeditated in order to avoid the death penalty, which would mean bringing him to be found guilty of second-degree murder instead of first-degree murder. Mm -hmm. um, so on May 8th, the jury found Richard Chase guilty of six accounts of first-degree murder. The judge determined that Chase was not legally insane and sentenced Chase to death by gas chamber. Um, while he was awaiting his scheduled death, the inmates were terrified of him. Um, they even went as far as trying to convince Chase to commit suicide because they were too afraid themselves to try to kill him and, like, attack him in prison. Um, Chase had many interviews with uh, that awesome FBI agent, Robert Ressler. And in them, Chase would talk about his fears of Nazi UFOs. He even asked Ressler to give him a radar gun so he could capture a Nazi, the Nazi UFOs so that they could be put on trial for the murders. For he'd only killed those people because he was forced to in order to stay alive, um, is what he would tell them. Um, he handed Ressler a large amount of macaroni and cheese once um, that he'd been keeping in his pants. He believed the prison officials were also in league with the Nazis and trying to kill him. Pants Mac, man. Pants Mac. Pants Mac. <laughs> and then in, on December 26, 1980, Chase was found lying awkwardly on his bed and not breathing. Uh, he had overdosed on doctor-prescribed antidepressants that he'd been stashing and saving up for the last few weeks. So he never actually 
was sent like he didn't go through the the whole death penalty he wasn't never put in the gas chamber because he committed suicide before any of that happened Mm -hmm. so that is the vampire of sacramento richard chase that man i think that's the first time i blinked in 30 minutes (laughs) staring at you nicole yeah okay it's a a rough one um yeah before we started nicole was like like are you sure you know you guys are good this is a rough one and i was like i listened to so much true crime what have you got that i haven't (laughs) yeah some cry in the shower (laughs) cry in the shower some people man yeah it's pretty horrific and it's also i mean i also think that it's incredibly sad and awful because like you pointed out kind of earlier on there was the mental help that was happening and then it was just completely disregarded and he was just left to his so, own devices yeah and like what happened with his parents who were all like okay we're gonna get you out of this place and we're gonna you don't need this medicine you're fine and then when he started killing again they were just like mm, gee i wonder why yeah. yeah now i don't take responsibility for you anymore yeah like mm-hmm. oh, God, that's so sad yeah because i feel like maybe if he did actually the help he needed he would have had a chance well these people would have had a chance yeah exactly he might still have needed to be institutionalized for the safety of others but those people would still be alive yeah yeah and not like completely mutilated it's very interesting the disconnect that happens with that type of reality where they're no longer they're so viable until they're gone right it's a resource that's like removed at one point because everyone runs out of blood at some point Mm-hmm. You know, I almost in these kind of situations back then, too, I wonder because you, you brought up how he couldn't get aroused by women. So it makes me wonder if he was not straight, mm. not heterosexual um, or not attracted to women and didn't want to entertain anything else because he thought that was wrong because he had strict parents. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what that means. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't allow or condone or you know explain away the behavior but it's just an interesting thought experiment the 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 lengths we go to to like avoid certain things but then also to get off Mm -hmm. he had to fuck dead bodies who else did that who did that is that a jobber thing a few people yeah i was like that was was like which one is like but the biggins the biggins was that a because was that was that dahmer or Bundy that would have sex with dead bodies. I mean, there are like Kemper would have sex with heads, heads, and eating brains, cutting the back of her neck while having while sodomizing her. It's just very creative, mm-hmm. and very mm-hmm. um like you know those those old paintings of like demons and vampires and stuff where like the, the people are naked and there's there's it's like what is it the the levels of hell what is the whole there's like that whole epic oh, like dante's inferno. yeah it's so like dante's inferno you see any paintings <laughs> like of that and it's just like people right people tongues. being <laughs> bent wrong and cut and stabbed like that's very much that kind of like thing yeah i mean this is literally like out of a horror movie like knowing that this is true and like there are even in the article that was listed in the in the newspaper when this happened there is a picture of the girl like her her body her mutilated body it's what a shame i feel like i've seen something like that before because the the nipples being cut off mm-hmm. is that what you're talking about that is yeah. that is in my mind i think i feel like that was like an early internet like don't click like creepypasta type thing like mm. this is one of those pictures and you're like mm, i can take it it's like up there with chris farley's dead body but uh, 
Yeah, I'm not over here Googling Richard Chase crime scene photos. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not. <sighs> yeah, I have some too that I've like downloaded and saved so that, you know, when you check out our social media, I mean, we'll pick and choose which ones are. Of course. Okay yeah. You know, there's there's certain yeah, things. Some of these are check not out. safe. No, work. some of them are really great. But I have like some of the the um, the victims so we can show show them and honor them um but truly this is out of a horror movie like something you would never think to actually be real and this was real this really happened sacramento man vampire of sacramento and i i actually the first thing i learned about all this was a, a documentary that i had watched which i i will share the link so it can be in our, our resources and our sources link um but it was a lot to like not really know anything, and then you're I'm watching this documentary, and it's like it doesn't shy away from like the details. Like, oh, that's a visual I'll never forget. Sacramento, man, big trees, big problems. <laughs> big trees, bigger problems. Yeah, I think it is important for those details to not. We don't have to have them rubbed in our faces, but those kind of things need to be made public because people romanticize serial killers. Mm-hmm. Um like even the Richard Ramirez stuff it just drives you nuts oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy that you say that because like as I'm looking up Richard Chase there's so much Richard Ramirez oh yeah he pops well. up too mm-hmm. yeah intertwined in with it and people like I, I know that this Richard Chase gave Amanda like a a guttural reaction so I'm sure he didn't have as many people sitting in the in his courtroom like you know vying <laughs> oh, for him guy. to be let free like I don't Richard know though, those vampire people though the ones who love the vampires yeah I don't know and like he literally did I all mean, the that's things. like a vampire. That's what happens. Was that Lady Bathory? Movies. Lady Bathory or whatever. That Elizabeth were, Bathory? Yeah, Elizabeth Bathory would take baths in people's blood or some shit like that. Like, it's hard Did out it here for a vampire. work out for any of them? No. Because no. vampires aren't real. Don't be stupid. And if you are real, please don't come after us. <laughs> it's fine. Well, if vampires are real, then the Slayer is real, so we're fine. Oh, yeah. that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. And There's that, always got to be a balance. Yeah, that logic is. Right? I'm going to go with that. That's the world I want to live in. <laughs> is that your final sip? I was going to say, is that your final okay. sip? That and uh, uh, lock your doors. <laughs> lock your doors. Lock your doors. Um, my final sip is um, Nazis are so bad that even people that sodomize corpses and um, eat children's brains are afraid of them and don't like them. Yeah, especially the Nazi UFOs. Yeah, That's what he Nazis, the Nazi whole Nazi UFO. thing yeah. is so bad, so bad that even people that eat and fuck dead bodies hates them so that's a line hard line just hard line take that take that put that in your pocket how about you nicole my final sip is mental health and mental illness is a very huge and very important thing and should never be looked over and ignored and as long as you're taking as much delicate proper care you can in these situations like the outcome is going to be dramatically different and it's just going to be a better thing you know you can't ignore what's going on you need to seek out the appropriate help and not just throw your pills away <laughs> or have your mom do it dude yeah, have a support group that actually is there to support you yeah preach and on that note i think i'm ready to refill my coffee yeah i'm gonna refill my coffee too yeah it's time <laughs> all right oh thanks goodness. everyone for joining us at morning murders go enjoy some extra coffee today have a murder you like to talk about over coffee 
We would love to hear about it. Email us at morningmurders at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Morning Murders. In today's show notes, you can find our cited research as well as a few of our favorite mental health resources.